this episode of the Attracting and Retaining Customers podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you the five-step crops sales model. Welcome back to the Attracting and Retaining Customers podcast, the podcast that offers tips and ideas for sales, marketing, presenting and pitching. I'm your host, Trevor Lee, and thank you so much for joining me. On today's show, I'm focusing on the five-step crop sales model. But before I begin, a reminder that you can find this show on iTunes and download all the previous episodes. Simply type in Attracting and Retaining Customers in the iTunes search bar to find us. So, the crops sales model. Five steps. Let me give you a little bit of backstory. When I was a young boy, my grandparents were farmers up in Lincolnshire. And um, I was always very keen to be the farmer. But uh, unfortunately, they died when I was quite young. The farm was sold. My parents wouldn't allow me to leave school at 10 or 11 and become a farmer. So I've always had a a great feeling for my heritage. And so CROPS, as an acronym for the sales model that I'm using, is kind of links me to my to my past. But it also is it also gives us a clue to the five really key skills that I think all salespeople need today. So let's crack on and let's look at those five key skills. C in crops is for conversation. I'm a great believer that conversations are the start of a sale. And you can have conversations in various different ways, of course. You can have them in person, by phone, video link, social conversations, email or text. Lots and lots of opportunities to have conversations. But for many people, they think that a conversation is all about doing lots of talking. But actually, it's not. The first thing with any conversation is that particularly if you get an inbound conversation, so someone contacting you, is to make sure that you make a really good first impression. It's reckoned that you've got around 10 seconds now to start that conversation in the way that your caller wants to have that conversation with you. So the best way to start conversations, well, to understand the pace and tone, the research that your caller's done, the speed of decision that they want to make. But more importantly, a conversation is a chance to find out things. It's to ask lots of questions. And when I work with businesses on this model, one of the things I ask them to do is write down all the questions that you need to ask. Think about what those are for your business. Even if it's the top five questions, what are the top five questions that you need to ask when you're having a conversation with someone who's interested in working with you or buying your product or service? Not the frequently asked questions that they would ask, that needs to be there anyway, but the ones that you want to ask. Those thinking about making sure that you ask the right questions will give you lots of opportunity then, as you'll see as we work through the model, to steer that towards other op- to other opportunities to create a sale. But of course, when you are asking questions, the rules are, you know, make sure you, first of all, ask the question so the person understands it, but then listen carefully to the answer. It's amazing, isn't it, how often when we ask a question, we're so busy thinking about the next question we're going to ask that we forget to listen to the answer. Listening is probably the most underestimated skill in sales right now. I remember years ago employing salespeople and they used to say to me, oh well you should take me on because I've got the gift of the gab. Well that's not the case anymore is it? Really good salespeople are those who listen very carefully and ask really good questions. 
The next thing is that when you've asked a question, you don't interrupt the person who's answering. And that's a skill that's very hard for us to all to, to adhere to. We're all pretty good at interrupting, trying to finish the answer for somebody, or making an assumption about what they're going to say. So give them a chance to really give you the answer. Don't interrupt them. And when they do tell you things, make sure that you confirm exactly what they've said so you can clarify. So just so I've got this right, what you're saying to me is X, Y, and Z. You can, of course, have conversations uh, not just in person, but via email, via text, via social media. If you're going to have conversations by social media, then just check, you know, what does your online profile say about you? Think about what that says. You can also, of course, you know, have conversations by going to business networking events. They're a great way of starting conversations with people. If you go to business networking, of course, you need to be ready to answer that question. What do you do? Sometimes known as your elevator pitch, or as I recently heard it, your Twitter pitch. Describe yourself in what is now 280 characters or 20 to 30 words. But if you do go networking and you do meet people, it's a, it really is a chance to start a conversation and also to give over a great impression. In all conversations, you need to be at your best because you need to really come over in the way that you want people to perceive you. Because in that first sort of 10, 20, 30 seconds, a minute of that conversation, they're going to be making decisions about whether you're the right sort of person that they want to work with. So you need to be interested in them. You need to portray a certain level of energy and all that sort of stuff. So conversations, a great way to start a sale. And also remember that, you know, in any conversation in life, you never know who you might be talking to. So never rule out the fact that you're talking to the wrong person because, hey-ho, they may know somebody who would want your services. So first part of the crops model, conversation. Our part of the model is relationship. You've started a conversation with somebody in whatever shape or form you're having that conversation. And now you want to really develop the relationship. Because in the business to business sector, it can take a long time before you actually achieve you know, a sale and get business from somebody. I remember reading that it could take up to seven months in the business to business sector. And when I first started in business several years ago, I remember a business that became a client for the best part of three years it really did take that long. They contacted me, I think, in the December, if I remember rightly. I went to see them. They stay, We stayed in touch. They were kind of interested. but And then something happened. And what happened was that a competitor, they got wind that a competitor was coming to their marketplace. And suddenly they needed my services. And so it took from December to the following July, which is actually the full seven months, isn't it? to start working with them. But in any situation, whether it's consumers you're selling to or businesses you're selling to, try and make sure that it feels like you're having a, there's a relationship going on with with people here. And the phrase I use is, treat it as a relationship, not a transaction. Because if all you do is hand, if all you do is hand over a product or service and they hand over the money, then, you know, that's a transaction, isn't it? And it's a very competitive world we live in. And anything we can do to make the person who buys from us feel as though they're in some sort of, you know, relationship with us can be really helpful. Because let's not forget that even though we live in a digital world, people still buy from people. So one of the things I say to, you know, when I work with people on sales programs is, you know, if you want to be a good salesperson, become a people expert. Because understanding people is really important. And no two people are ever the same. 
And in fact, no one person is ever the same. You know, one person you're dealing with on a Monday, you may be dealing with the same person on a Wednesday afternoon and they may be completely different in the way they deal with you. Depends how much time they've got, what's going on in the rest of their life, all that sort of stuff. Being a people expert can be really beneficial to you. And I did uh, I did come across a phrase recently that said, the more people you meet and the more business you will do. So get used to meeting people. And then when you do you know, build up that relationship, whether you've connected with them on LinkedIn or whether you've met them at an event or you've been introduced to them by somebody else, then you know, keep in touch and keep that relationship going. And one of the ways that you can do that is um, there's a guy called Brian Burns who is one of the people who inspired this podcast, actually. And Brian uh, runs a podcast called The Brutal Truth About Sales and Selling. And he has a phrase which is, give before you take. And I think that's a good way of looking at a business relationship. There is a danger that, you know, when you're in sales, that you're looking all the time to sell, 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 and actually, instead of building up the relationship. And what Brian means by give before you take is, is that you offer people, you offer people things before they give anything back. So before I, before anybody buys off you, you can offer advice to them, all that sort of stuff. You think about in your own lives when someone's offered you a bit of free advice, you think, wow, that was really useful. And you say, how much is that then? They say, no, no, you can have that. And you think, wow, that's great. That was really useful. And you know, next time when you need their particular service, well, there's a good chance that they're going to be quite close to the top of your list. That's the first two stages, conversation and relationship. So step three in the crops model is the O. And the O is for opportunity. And this is where I think a lot of business people miss out. Because they just don't see the opportunity. They've probably worked hard at the conversation. They've started to develop the relationship. And usually then the opportunity will arise. But you've got to be alert. You've got to be ready. You've got to observe. You've got to listen hard. Because there will be opportunities, but it will be up to you to spot them. And then do something about them. Think about what people are saying to you. Clarify those conversations. And people will drop throwaway lines into when you're speaking to them or when you're listening to them. And those will be your opportunity. So keep keep aware of that. And also, don't forget that existing customers are brilliant opportunities to grow business. Because, you know, let's face it, an existing customer, well, they, they must like you, presumably, to a certain degree. Um, we imagine that they trust you to a certain degree. I mean, how many people buy from people they don't trust? Not many. People do occasionally buy from people they don't like because, frankly, the product or service is so good they need, they're forced to buy from them even though they don't like the person. But existing customers will be will, are great for opportunities. And, and actually, the one phrase you really don't want to hear from an existing customer, if you can help it, is, I didn't know you did that, which kind of means that you've, you, you've not really explored with that existing customer the full range of options. There's a danger when you've got an existing customer that you think, oh, well, I'm really happy with what they do. I don't want to push my luck by trying to sell them something else. But actually, that something else may be really, really important to them. So always make sure your existing customers are aware of exactly what you're offering. So an opportunity. They will come along. You've got to seize the moment. I remember going to, um, I was coaching somebody on doing a presentation a few years ago now. And uh, I went along to where the guy was presenting at a networking event. There were probably 40 people in the room. And he gave this, in, you know, really interesting, uh, it was in professional services. And uh, he was trying to, you know, differentiate himself from other people in the, in the, in the same sort of uh, service. It was in the, in the sort of accountancy sector. And um, there was a Q&A afterwards. And somebody in the audience put their hand up and said, 
Hey, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mention the guy's name. I'll tell you what, that what you said just now was be of real interest to a lot of my clients. So the Q&A went on for a couple more and then it was the end of the event and everybody was sort of leaving. Uh, the person I'd worked with, the first thing they did, they came over to me and said, oh, how did the presentation go, Trevor? They were more worried about the way they presented than actually what had happened. And I said, you see that chap walking out the door now? He just suggested to you in the Q&A that he's got lots of people who are interested. Do you know who he is? No, I don't. Well, but you better go and find him because there's your opportunity. So opportunities will present themselves. You've just got to be ready on the alert and look out for them. So step four is the proposal. And a proposal can be in person, it can be over the phone, it can be by email. And the crux of a proposal or pitch is simply this. You want to make it as easy as possible for the person that you're putting the proposal to to say yes. So do prepare it well. And if you're going to propose, if you're going to put forward it in person, then you need to practice it, especially if you're going to do a sales pitch. Just don't turn up on the day and hope that it'll all go well for you. We'll be doing another complete episode on how to do sales pitches and make them really work. But in that proposal, this is your big chance because, you know, you've been invited to put this forward. So don't blow it by not preparing and make sure you've fully understood what the client wants to hear. So when you get invited to put a proposal together, do the clarification. So just so I understand, what you're asking me to do is do X, Y and Z and put forward to you ideas on these sort of, these sort of subjects. So make sure you get that right. It's worth practicing. You know, you can get away with practicing walking down the street now because everybody talks to their phone. So talk, you know, you go through your rehearsal, go through your practice of your pitch or your presentation. But make sure it's easy for people to say yes. And the one thing I always say is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the fact that buyers like to have choice. So if you've got a one proposal, one trick proposal with one option, then you're really saying to me as the potential buyer, well, here it is. It's a kind of take it or leave it. It's a yes or no. But if you offer me some alternatives and, I, you know, three is usually the magic number, isn't it? So just offer me three sort of variations on what you're trying to, uh, you know, suggest I buy. It gives me the feeling of power. I'm making the choice. So make that happen. So that's number four. That's the proposal or pitch. You're putting it all together. You're trying to make it happen for people, make it as easy as possible for them to want to buy from you. Number four is proposal, which leads us neatly into number five of the crops model, which is the sale. And this is the bit where you simply want to get the order effectively. So we're not looking, you know, for really, I'm not going to, t I'm not going to talk to you about, you know, closing techniques and, you know, how to get people to sign up and all that sort of stuff. There are some very simple things you need to follow these days. Number one is that you can simply ask for the order. There's lots of different ways of doing that. You use one that's comfortable for you. But the thing is, is about letting the buyer buy, not coming across as that word pushy. We don't like that. But what we do want to do is sometimes we have to steer people. We have to nudge them over the line. But one of the great techniques in sales is, and I use, a, I've got a, my daughter's a trombone player, and I've got a trombone mute when I take out, I do this, um, this crops modeler's business event presentation. And I use a trombone mute to, uh, to make a point. And the point being is that you need to know when to shut up. It's really important that, that you don't say anything at a crucial time. Lots of salespeople get the, get asked for the order and then they, if there's a three nanoseconds of silence, they break the silence and they start going over the benefits all over again. 
So give the buyer a chance to buy. And the chances are they're going to say three things to you. Yes, or I want to think about it, or no. So if it's yes, that's terrific. If it's no, well, don't worry too much about it. There's a guy called Richard Denny who's uh, been a sales training whizzo for across Europe for many years. And in one of his books, he has the phrase that, you know, a no means no, not today. So it may just be that the timing is wrong. So you can explore that. Don't assume that if someone says no, they're never going to be interested in working with you ever. Could just be that the timing's wrong or the product's not quite right. And the, the bottom line is that not everyone's going to buy everything from you. You're not going to win every sales pitch. You're not going to have yes stamped all over every proposal. But it's worth doing these things and making sure that you get them as right as you can. Again, going back to Brian Burns, Brian's got this great phrase, don't be racing to a no, go slowly to a yes. So there we are, ladies and gentlemen, that's the crops model. And I think if you use those five steps, it will increase the chances of you creating sales. So it's conversation, relationship, opportunity, proposal and sale. That's the end of this uh, this podcast. I hope you found it useful. If you are new to the show, then uh, then please do hit the subscribe button. If you uh, if you'd like to place a review on iTunes, that would be fantastic. And don't forget, if your sales and marketing activity needs re-energizing or you're looking for some new ideas or you want some help with a presentation or sales pitch, then, then do give me a call. You can reach me. My, uh, my direct line number is 07785 390717. So please give me a call if you prefer that method of communication or you can email me trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me on there. And uh, on the website, which is trevorleemedia.co.uk, you'll find lots of tips and ideas to, uh, about sales and marketing and presenting and pitching. And there is an opportunity you can sign up to my newsletter, which will uh, you know, we'll send you lots of tips and ideas on an occasional basis. Not every day. You won't get bombarded. All of which are designed to help you attract and retain customers. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of another episode of Attracting and Retaining Customers. I'm your host, Trevor Lee, and I'll be back with another episode very soon. So until the next time, thanks for listening. And don't forget to robustly review your sales and marketing activity.